If you do not believe that the New Testament accurately records the words of Jesus, you have to throw out all of ancient history. You cannot believe anything taught in any history department, in any college, any high school, any university, any classics department, anywhere in the world, because we have more evidence for the New Testament than any book from antiquity. Welcome to Evidence and Answers with Pat Zuckerman. This is a program that presents the truth of Jesus Christ and answers the sometimes difficult questions that all of us ask about God. And we want to remind you that there are a multitude of resources available online at evidenceandanswers.org. There you'll find everything from atheism to Zen Buddhism. That's evidenceandanswers.org. Check it out today. Today, Dr. Pat Zuckerman presents Dr. Norman Geisler before a live audience as he talks about the reliability of the Gospels. This is a two-part series. We begin today with part one. Uh, Dr. Pat uh, Zuckerman, one of the uh, top young apologists of our country today, has uh, graciously invited me to share with him in this conference. We have a, a book coming out. Strangely enough, no one ever wrote a book. Uh, titled The Apologetics of Jesus. He did his doctoral uh, dissertation on this uh, topic, and we said, let's put it into a uh, uh, book, and it's coming out soon, and I'm honored to have uh, my name uh, with him on this project. Now, you and I are faced with a, a, tr a tremendous problem today because we're faced with people who uh, think like Peter Jennings, and by the way, when Peter Jennings did that, that's the last time I watched ABC. Uh, because uh, ABC is, uh, uh, I was uh, delighted to listen to it night after night until I heard uh, Peter Jennings undermine uh, the Bible as the word of uh, God. And I would like to talk to you tonight, uh, if I may. Uh, can you hear me if I stand here? Is the mic still pick it up? Uh, uh, if I may, about the New Testament, because we're living in a day when the gospel record is considered mythology, not history, as you can see from the quotes that were given there. Uh, it's considered mythology, not uh, history. Uh, and the challenge to the reliability of the gospels comes from several sources. Uh, one of the men you saw on the screen, uh, Borg, uh, believes that the Bible is not reliable. He belongs to a group called the Jesus Seminar that says that 82% is not authentic, 16% more is doubtful, that means 98% of what you read in the Bible, in a red-letter edition of the Bible, the words of Jesus, cannot be relied upon. 0% in the Gospel of John. In fact, there's an apocryphal Gospel from the 2nd century that has more reliable material in it than even the Gospel of John. 1.5% of the Gospel of Thomas. So we're living in a day in which uh, da Vinci says the Bible is a product of man, my dear, not of God. Man created it as a historical record. History has never had a definitive version of the book. The Bible as we know it today uh, was collated by the pagan Roman Emperor Constantine the Great. Uh, I would like to give you two reasons why uh, that everything you heard on ABC, everything you read in the Da Vinci Code, everything you saw in the movies, everything you've heard from the Jesus uh, seminar is not accurate. Uh, the New Testament is a reliable document. When you pick up the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and read them, when it says Jesus said it, Jesus said it. When it says Jesus did it, Jesus did it. How do I know? Uh, just because I believe it? No, because I spent 50 years 
uh, researching it, 50 years researching it, and writing uh, numerous uh, books and articles that show that the documents are copied accurately and that the events in the documents were recorded accurately. Therefore, we know that the Bible is reliable. Let me take the first point. How do we know that the Bible in our hands is an accurate copy of the original? Jesus lived in the first century. He spoke Aramaic. The New Testament was probably written in Greek. Uh, how do we know that the English Bible in our hand is an accurate copy of a book from 2,000 years ago? And the answer to that is that there are more manuscripts, earlier manuscripts, more accurately copied manuscripts than any other book from the world. That's right. If you do not believe that the New Testament accurately records the words of Jesus, you have to throw out all of ancient history. You cannot believe anything taught in any history department, in any college, any high school, any university, any classics department, anywhere in the world, because we have more evidence for the New Testament than any book from antiquity. Here's a chart that uh, tells us, by comparison, how the New Testament is superior to other books. The orange there indicates the number of manuscript copies. Now notice, the most manuscript copies for any book from the ancient world, more than Homer, Demosthenes, Herodotus, Plato, Tacitus, Caesar, Pliny, uh, is the New Testament, 5,686 several years ago. We checked that, it's over 5,700 now. There's a, a group in Germany that keeps track of the number of manuscripts. The most manuscripts for any other book from antiquity is Homer's Iliad, four, 643 manuscripts. New Testament has almost 10 times that many. In fact, most other books from the ancient world, you can't even see, uh, it's too small to put it on there, 8, 10, 12, 20 copies uh, is not uncommon for books from the ancient world. Furthermore, the New Testament has earlier manuscripts than any other book. The first manuscripts from the New Testament comes from as early as 115 AD. Now, since the New Testament was completed by about 90 AD, that would be 25 years after it was written. The first copy of a whole book or books comes from 100 AD. That would be a little over a 100-year gap. How many years do you suppose there is between the time that Homer wrote and the first copy that we have, or Aristotle or Plato? About 1,000 on the average. 1,000 years between the time the other people from the ancient world wrote and the first copy. We have earlier copies. We have more copies than any book from the ancient world. Let me draw the comparison here. The New Testament has 5,700 manuscripts. Most other books, 10 or 20. The most, Homer, 643. The New Testament uh, was written, uh, the copies that we have of it, between 25 and 150 years after the New Testament was completed. Let's say the New Testament was finished by about 90 uh, A.D., uh, when John wrote his last books. Then we have the John Ryland fragments from 120, 115 and following uh, A.D. We have whole books, the Bodmer Papyri from 200 A.D., the Gospel of John, First and Second Peter, and Jude. We have the Chester Beatty Papyri, 250 A.D., that would only be 150 years later. Mind you, we have 1,000-year gap for the other books from the ancient world. Then we have Vaticanus manuscript, 325 to 350. 
uh, most of the Old Testament uh, and New Testament as well. The greatest manuscript expert in the world, Sir Frederick Kenyon, after spending a lifetime studying the biblical manuscripts, said this, The interval between the dates of original composition and the earliest extant evidence becomes so small as to be in fact negligible. And the last foundation for any doubt that the scriptures have come down to us substantially as they were written has now been removed. Both the authenticity and general integrity of the books of the New Testament may be regarded as finally established. The greatest manuscript expert of the last century. You can trust the finality and integrity of the New Testament documents because we have so many manuscripts and so early manuscripts. Furthermore, there are better manuscripts. Uh, Bruce Metzger, scholar at Princeton University, one of the translators of the Revised Standard Version, did a study of the Mahabharata of the Hindus, Homer's Iliad and the New Testament, and he compared the manuscripts and discovered that most other books from the ancient world are copied between 90 and 95% accurately. That is, we have 5 or 10% that we're in doubt of. If you picked up Homer in a library today, uh, you would be in doubt of uh, 5% of, uh, of Homer. The Mahabharata, you'd be in doubt of 10%, only 90% copied accurately. The New Testament, according to A.T. Robertson, the great Greek scholar who wrote the great grammar on the Greek uh, uh, language, 99 and 9% uh, uh, accurate. Now, 99.9% .9 is better than ivory soap. It's only 99 and 44, 100% pure. And the New Testament in your hands is a translation of the Greek manuscripts, which are 99.9% .9 accurately copied. Here's what Sir Frederick Kenyon said again. The number of manuscripts of the New Testament of early translations from it and of quotations from it in the oldest writers of the church is so large that it's practically certain that the true reading of every doubtful passage is preserved in some one or the other of these ancient authorities. This can be said of no other book in the world. The Bible is the most accurately copied book from antiquity. More manuscripts earlier manuscripts, better copies. Now suppose we wipe out every Bible in the world. Suppose we wipe out all 5,700 Greek manuscripts. Suppose in addition to that we wipe out 19,000 early translations, the Ethiopic, the Coptic, and all of the other languages, the Old Latin. And suppose we wipe out all the two billion Bibles that have been published as the world's best seller. Uh, and we went to the library and we got a group of books called the Antinocene Fathers, meaning the church fathers who wrote before the Council of Nicaea in the 4th century. How could we reconstruct the Bible without any of these Bibles? Well, it's already been done. And if you look at these fathers, Justin Martyr, Irenaeus, Clement of Alexandria, Origen, Tertullian, Hippolytus, Eusebius, the grand total of citations is 36,289. That's every verse in the New Testament except 11, most of which come from 3 John. When did you quote 3 John last? Do you know any verses from 3 John? Because you quote one for us now. This is a one-chapter book. Now, they had no occasion uh, to quote it very often. So virtually the entire New Testament 
could be reconstructed just from the quotations of the early fathers. Conclusion of our first point, the New Testament has more manuscripts, earlier manuscripts, more accurately copied manuscript than any other book from the ancient world. Our second point is even more important than the first one. We know the documents have been copied accurately. We know it's the most accurately copied book from the ancient world. But how about the people who wrote the documents? Did they record the events accurately? After all, you could have a perfect copy of falsehoods. You could have a perfect copy of myths. Were the people who put the Bible together telling us the truth? Uh, I turn now to our second point. The reliability not of the New Testament writings, but of the New Testament writers, the people who wrote the books. Well, there were more writers, earlier writers, more accurate writers than for any book from the ancient world. This is what is called in logic an a fortiori argument with the greater force. If you do not accept the Bible as being authentic, you have to wipe out every other book from antiquity because we have more writers, earlier writers, more accurate writers than any other book from the ancient world. Let me illustrate each of those points. The New Testament has nine writers, eight if Paul wrote Hebrews. It doesn't say who wrote the book of Hebrews, so let's call it nine writers. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Paul, Peter, James, Jude, and the writer of Hebrews. Now, does anyone know any book from the ancient world written by any scholar that has more than two writers? Most of the events of the ancient world are recorded on the basis of one author, rarely on the basis of two uh, authors, never on the basis of nine writers who wrote 27 books. Usually you have one author who wrote one book on the topic, and if you have two, it's very highly uh, credible. We have nine authors who wrote 27 books on the topic. It's called the New Testament. Most other events have one or two uh, writers. Let's take the first point. There were nine writers. Matthew was an apostle. The Gospel of Matthew is named after Matthew because Matthew wrote the Gospel of Matthew, and he was an apostle. Mark was an associate of an apostle, Peter, and the book of Mark is called the book of Mark because Mark wrote the book of Mark. Uh, and he was writing really Peter's gospel. Luke was an associate of the apostle Paul. The apostle Paul was a very busy man. He did tent making, he preached all over the world. He was the greatest evangelist who ever lived. Luke, an associate and a doctor and an educated man put together uh, what might be called the gospel of Paul because he was his associate. John was an apostle, the youngest of the apostles, and he claims to be and was an eyewitness. Paul was an apostle and was an eyewitness of the resurrection. James was the brother of Jesus. I'd say that's pretty close, wouldn't you? Jesus' half-brother, James, wrote a book. Peter was an apostle. He wrote two books, First and Second Peter. Jude was another one of Jesus' half-brothers. So you have two half-brothers of Jesus, had the same mother Mary, but not the same father because Jesus was virgin-born and they weren't. And then you have Hebrews that was written by an associate of an apostle, somebody who knew uh, Timothy and even refers to Timothy in chapter 13. Now does that sound like a book that was put together 
two or three generations later when they're creating myths? Or does this sound like a book that was written by contemporary eyewitnesses who were companions, by and large, of Jesus or brothers of uh, Jesus? There were earlier writers. There were eyewitness writers. There were contemporary writers. There were writers within 20 years of the events. Now, you heard a statement by Peter Jennings, which is uh, often repeated, that the Gospels weren't written until 40 or 70 years later, meaning basically between 70 and 100 A.D. The truth of the matter is, uh, most of the New Testament, with the possible exception of uh, John's writings, John's epistle and his Gospel, were written between 50 and 65 uh, A.D., Let's go into the evidence. John was an eyewitness. The man who saw it, the crucifixion, has given testimony, and his testimony is true. It's what the author of the book of John said. This is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know his testimony is true. Now, if you're going to say that John didn't write the gospel of John, you're going to have to have some evidence for that. Anybody can make a statement like that. Peter Jennings in the Jesus Seminar. The earliest documents we have say that John, who wrote the fourth gospel, was an eyewitness of the events. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched, this we proclaim to you concerning the word of life, what John said in his epistle. The book of Acts. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of the fact. This is Acts chapter 2. This is the day of Pentecost. This is 50 days after Passover, after the time Jesus was crucified. This is 33 AD. This is not 100, 150 years later. This is 33 AD, weeks after Jesus was crucified. Peter is preaching and said, we're eyewitnesses, and you know it, uh, to people who contain... Uh, a crowd that contained antagonistic witnesses. Peter and John replied, for we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and we have heard two chapters later. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him from the dead and the third day and caused him to be seen. Eyewitnesses speaking to other eyewitnesses, some of whom were unbelievers. Now, here's the irony of the critics. The critics accept that Paul wrote 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, and Romans, those four books. All of the atheistic, and many of those New Testament scholars are atheists, uh, all those atheistic scholars acknowledge that four of those books were written by the Apostle Paul, and the Corinthians among them, which was written in 55 or 56 A.D., now, by simple mathematics, from 33 A.D. to 55 is 22 years. 22 years later, while 251 eyewitnesses were still alive, because he said uh, Jesus was seen of Peter and the Twelve, and by more than 500, most of whom are still living. In 55 A.D., Paul said, look, if you don't believe me, there are... 251 eyewitnesses still alive, most of 500. Go out and talk to them. And the critics acknowledge that these books came from uh, 55 AD. Forget about the Gospels. We have Paul's epistles telling us the same thing. Jesus was the Son of God. Jesus was raised from the dead. 
eyewitnesses saw it. He died for our sins, all the basics of the gospel. Luke is based on eyewitnesses. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, it seemed good also to me to write an orderly account to you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things that you have been taught. Does that sound like somebody who's writing myths? He's saying to Theophilus, uh, a man in the first century who was a lover of God, who was apparently a young convert, he's saying, these things are true. I was an eyewitness. I got my information from eyewitnesses, and I am certain of the things that I am writing. Hebrews was confirmed by apostles. How shall we escape if we ignore such great salvation? This salvation which was first announced by the Lord was confirmed to us by those who heard him. A phrase used three times in the New Testament always refers to the twelve apostles. Uh, God confirming by signs and wonders. Peter was an eyewitness. He said, we didn't follow cleverly invented stories. It's a Greek word, mythos. We get our word myth. I'm not telling you myth, Peter said. When we told you about the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. We saw him there on the Mount of Transfiguration. The elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder, a witness of Christ's suffering. Peter was one of the two apostles who followed Jesus to the cross. John went up near, Peter stood in the back, uh, an eyewitness of the crucifixion. A number of years ago, I went to hear one of the Jesus Seminar scholars speak at a very liberal church in our uh, city, Charlotte, North Carolina. And uh, after he was uh, through speaking, they invited us to uh, have some tea and cookies, and I asked him this question. I said, uh, have you read the book by Colin Hemmer? Now, this is the year 2000. Colin Hemmer wrote his book in 1990. Colin Hemmer is a noted Roman historian who wrote a book on the authenticity of the New Testament in which he said, that the book of Acts was written by 62 AD, and he gave about 15 arguments, uh, lines of evidence. Here are just the most important ones. Here's a book written on the history of the time and no mention of the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD. This is the most important thing that happened to the Jews since they returned from exile. Their temple, their city was destroyed by the Romans and they were dispersed around the world. Anyone writing the history of that time after 70 AD would surely have mentioned 70 AD. It's like writing the death of President Kennedy, or rather the life of President Kennedy without mentioning his assassination. What do you know for sure? It must have been written before the tragic day in Dallas, because anyone writing on the life of President Kennedy after that time would have mentioned the assassination. There is no mention of the Jewish wars that began in 66 AD and culminated in the destruction of Jerusalem. No hint that there was even any problem with Rome. So it must have been written before 66. Three, there's no hint of the persecutions of Nero. Now Nero was a wicked, wicked emperor. He was so anti-Christian that he used to take Christians and dip them in tar and light them, use them for street lights to light the streets of Rome. 
It was a little harder to be a Christian back then than it is today. Neroni and persecutions killed Paul and Peter and many of the apostles. Paul's still alive when he wrote the book of Acts. So the book of Acts had to be written before 65 AD because Paul's still alive. You can't write it after you're dead. Acts chapter 28. The apostle James is still alive. Now, according to Josephus, a first century Jewish historian, James died in 62 AD. If James is still alive when the book of Acts is written, then the book of Acts had to be written by 62 AD. So I said to Marcus Borg, the Jesus Seminar guy, this is what Colin Hammer says in his book. I said, if he's right, what does that do to your thesis? He said, it would totally destroy my thesis. I said, here's my card. Get the book and read it and tell me what you think. He never wrote me. Thank you so much for listening to Evidence and Answers today with Pat Zuckerman. And our prayer is that we answer the hard questions that all of us ask and that we equip you to know what you believe and why you believe it. And if you're a seeker or a skeptic, we hope we've challenged you with the various evidences which support the claims of Christ. There are a multitude of resources available on our website, evidenceandanswers.org. Interviews with leading scholars, past shows that you can download, and we deal with topics from atheism to Zen Buddhism to Islam to the occult, the cults, agnosticism, and contemporary issues which face us today. And by the way, when you purchase our resources, you keep Pat Sukarin speaking out all over the world. Help support a quality apologetics program for radio and podcast and Pat's speaking engagements on college campuses and churches.